the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Acts 2, verse 40 says, Be saved from their perverse generation. Those who gladly received that word were baptized. There were 3,000 souls that were added to the church. And what did they do? Verse 42, one of the greatest verses in the book of Acts. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And we're going to do a lot of that today. We're going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to look at the Word of God. And we're going to have fellowship one with another, even though it's by radio. This is Bert Hmm. Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarlane. And it's our treat to come to you today with Exploring the Word. And we're in the book of Acts. We'll finish up chapter 2 and then go on into chapter 3 where a great miracle and a sermon happened. Alex, but that verse, verse 42, is one of the greatest verses. And if a church wonders what they should be doing, verse 42 covers quite a bit, doesn't it? Well, it really does. You know, there's so many of those verses uh, throughout the book of Acts that really are standout verses like Acts 1-8, and then uh, Acts, well, we're going to get to Acts chapter 5 here in just a little bit, but Acts 2-42, they continued steadfastly. Now, the word steadfast, we've talked about many times, and it means immovable. You keep on doing it. In the apostles' doctrine, and what was that? Well, that Jesus was the Son of God who rose from the dead, and fellowship, koinonia, and the breaking of bread, and in prayers. That sounds like what a church does, isn't it, Bert? Isn't that generally the work of the local church? You've it is. It is, Alex. Teaching and, again, and fellowship yep. and prayer. That's it, right there together. Now, you was talking about the definition of apostles' doctrine. What about the fellowship? Uh I had a professor at Blue Mountain College, Dr. James Travis. He said it's two fellows in the same ship. And <laughs> good one. There's a, like there, there is a lot of truth in that. You catch the working together, covering it either side, both sides, like in a canoe. And, and where they go, they're going together. And so fellowship has a lot to do. That fellowship is not just Kool-Aid and cookies. It's it's not a covered dish, although you can have fellowship. Fellowship should take place in a Sunday school class, in a small group. Uh, that's the reason when I'm doing a worship service and I'm in charge, we're going to have a greeting time. Even in the pandemic, I'd get folks to wave at one another. And, uh, you know, when they were there, there's something about being together, sharing together. And Alex, this, these four things, the apostles doctrine is teaching, they're teaching. And right then you're right. It concerning Jesus Christ, every vital doctrine is centered on Jesus Christ. Really Mm -hmm. just remember that. And then it says in breaking of bread, now, again, I believe they were doing the, quote, what we call the Lord's Supper. But if you look ahead, you find out it says in verse 46 that they went from house to house sharing their food with one another. And then in prayers, they were seeking the Lord, supplication, uh, just adoration, all the elements of prayer. And I would say to you, whether it's a small group or a large group, those four elements, Alex, uh, I don't think you get away from them. 
No, you, you really don't. And, uh, you know, uh, the fellowship in church, I read a quote once that a friend is not merely somebody you like, but a friend is somebody who motivates you to lever yourself up. You know, the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man is sharpened by the countenance of his friends. And the fellowship with the, the brothers and sisters at church, uh, it really is to prompt us, you know, onward and upward for the Lord. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I like in this, it talks about they receive the word gladly. Uh, in verse 46, you mentioned there's the phrase, house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. You know, we're going to see in Acts 5.42 the, the phrase house to house again, daily in the temple courts and in every house. They cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Um, house to house, Bert, with the, the COVID, we're seeing that again. Of, of some of the fellowship. I was reading uh, some stats this morning, actually some fairly encouraging stats that um, online attendance at worship services, and I know I'm, I think you ought to get up and come to church, but a lot of people still watch online, but online viewership of church services and small groups in houses, the COVID pandemic, as problematic as it's been, has really caused a lot of small groups to be birthed. And when I read about this house-to-house, teaching the apostles' doctrine, gladly receiving the Word, and uh, daily worshiping the Lord together, I mean, this this is New Testament Christianity, isn't it? It really is. And I've got some friends, and they said, you know, the, the pandemic really caught them. They had They have some physical, real serious physical issues and staying close to home. And they said, now, we haven't attended church, but we've heard more preaching in worship time than we've ever heard before because <laughs> they go from one to the other to the other. And I uh, said, man, we've heard some great, great preaching during this time. One thing that I really want to notice is the phrase, you know, I'm looking for repeated oh, one yeah. accord, verse 46. So continually, daily, Amen. with one accord, you find that that's how chapter 2 started off, in one accord in one place, and guess what? Chapter uh, 2 finishes in one accord. Don't you wish churches, small groups, could start in one accord and finish in one accord, stay together? Alex, in order to do that, you need some grace. I, I just want to go there just for a moment, not long. Yeah. You've got to have grace. You can't. You, I'm not the standard. You are not the standard. Jesus is the standard. And everybody comes short compared to Jesus Christ. And there's some acceptance that we have to have for one another when, when somebody doesn't quite meet your expectation, when they, they forgot me on this issue. Oh, they mm. left my name off of the, the Sunday school row. Well, man, listen. Take that with grace. Life's too short. Life is too short. I've I've heard of people just leaving because uh, vacation Bible school was going on and somebody's name was left off of one of the groups or put them in the wrong place. And uh, I, I just want to encourage everybody out there, have 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 grace toward individuals. I, yes. I'm not saying Amen. you lay down and, and just turn over and, and forget everything. I'm not saying that, but I am saying be filled with grace, Alex. Amen. Amen. You know, I am um, I counsel with a 
a man about a month ago, and he quit his church, and he was very involved. They had a big birthday dinner, not to honor everybody with a birthday, but to honor one older member that had a birthday. And it was a, it was a dinner to honor the oldest member at this church. Well, it so happened to be this man's birthday, who was about in his late 40s, and he got mad that one person was getting honored on a birthday, and he wasn't, and he took his family, and they left. And I, I gave him a talking to, Bert, and I said, look, it's not about any one of us. But, yeah, you know what? I heard one preacher say, don't be prickly. You know? <laughs> that's not that's be porcupine. Prickly. Don't be a porcupine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Uh, grace. Um, <laughs> God has lavished his grace on us. Yeah. We need to extend grace to others. Let's but, let's look at verse 47 before we go to chapter 3. I know you said it, but let's let's look at this. Praising God, having favor with all the people. Those things, gladness, simplicity, look at all of those adjectives, those words, adverbs that, that are explaining what was going on, Alex. Mm-hmm. Don't you want our, even a small group, large group, we want it on exploring the word. When we get together, Alex and I, we ask God to bless and Devin here and then whoever's answering the phone and we want it to be that that God would get the praise and we want to praise him and and we want to grow in favor with people as best we can uh we want to be kind uh mm-hmm. the definition between nice and kind nice has kind of changed its definition it's uh being nice means not having anything fault or anything no being kind, you can say the truth in kindness. You really can. Yeah. And uh, we try to do that. I hear people say that about exploring the Word. Y'all, you you guys try to be that way. We do try to be. Now, sometimes uh, what we say may be difficult and hard and maybe disagree, but try to say it with a, a gentleness a part of it. But there's a time to stand up and be strong and in a few, in the next few chapters, and the reason I make this transition is getting ready for it, is is uh, Peter and John is going to be brought before some people that tell them, "Don't you preach anymore in 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 Jesus' name." Uh, listen, they said, "No way. We're we're going to we can't help but speak and say the things that we've seen and heard." So, Alex, yes, kindness, but standing courageously for Jesus Christ. Uh, how important is it? Oh, it's vitally important. Um, You know, in chapter 3, in the first few verses, a lame man is healed. It's it's interesting. Uh, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from birth, was carried, and they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, the Beautiful Gate, to beg for alms. And he saw Peter and John, and going into the temple, he asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Now, Peter's assertive. He has power here. He gave him his attention, expecting to receive a donation or something from them. Very famously, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man gets up and walks. He's got his strength. He leaps for joy. And all the people saw it. They were amazed. They glorified God. And, uh, Bert, this is very famous. Um, I'm sure many people know about, uh, in the Middle Ages, uh, Thomas Aquinas was visiting the Vatican, 
and he was being shown the uh, treasures of the Vatican. And this one particular leader said, well, no longer do we have to say silver, silver and gold, have we none? And Aquinas <laughs> said, yeah, but no longer can we say in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Wow. Uh, um, now, uh, it's very interesting. Um, well, I've got several illustrations that go along with this, but but this is powerful. Now, in Acts 4.13, we're not there yet, but it says that the people took note when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they realized that these men had been with Jesus. Don't you think, um, like verse 9 of Acts 3, when the people see all this, they see the man whose life has changed, but they see the boldness of Peter and John, and it's unmistakable. These people, they've been with Jesus, and they've got the power of Jesus. Amen. And you, you, you become who you hang around, you know? And they had stayed around Jesus, then the Holy Spirit came upon them. One thing that is interesting to me, it's just interesting in passing, chapter 3, verse 1, they go to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That's uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, Alex, you know, here they are. The church has been birthed, and yet they go to the temple. Right here is a transition. It's not necessarily that they forgot the good things in the Judaistic way, which is praying, going to the Lord. Uh, now, again, the, the wall of partition has been broken down. You remember the uh, uh, the the curtain had been torn. But yes. still, they were making a public declaration of their trust in God. I, I believe mm. that more than anything. Folks, you're listening to Exploring the Word. We've got a brief break. We're going to continue in Acts chapter 3 plus. We'll take your Bible questions live. So get ready to call in, 888-589-8840. Stay tuned. The National Day of Prayer is Thursday, May 6th. Join millions of Americans united in prayer for our country. Connect from your mobile device or computer to the largest online prayer gathering ever. It's an incredible opportunity to experience the power of prayer as one nation under God. Be a part of this historic day along with fellow Christians who are ready to make a difference by lifting up our nation in prayer. Free prayer resources are waiting for you right now. Join an online prayer room or create your own private prayer room and invite family, friends, and neighbors to join you for the National Day of Prayer. There's absolutely no cost to participate. This is your call to prayer, and now's the time to answer the call. Our country needs your prayers more than ever. Join the Presidential Prayer Team for the largest online prayer gathering in history at the National Day of Prayer. We'll see you online at pray.team. That's pray.team. Calling someone a man of few words isn't necessarily a compliment. Dr. Tony Evans talks about an area where more of the right words can make a huge difference at home, at church, and in your community as we spend two minutes with Tony. Jesus said that his house shall be called the house of prayer. Some men have been saved for many years and can't get beyond one sentence in a prayer and heaven does not move. Exodus chapter 17, Israel was in the battle against Amalek and, and Moses went to the top of the mountain and it says, and when Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed. But it says when Moses dropped his hand, the enemy prevailed. Could it be that you're losing because your hands have fallen down? 
His hands were up, holding up the rod to invoke heaven's assistance in earth's conflicts. When his hands got tired, he wanted to quit. He wanted to give up. So he had some other brothers hold his hands up high. When his hands were too tired to make sure that heaven was being contacted. That's why men have to pray because a man may be too tired. Oh, for the day at the church that the men say to the ladies, you stay home, I'm going. Because I need to call down heaven on our situation. I need to draw down heaven. Learn more about how to become the loving, godly leader the Lord created you to be. Get a copy of Dr. Evans' best-selling book, Kingdom Man. It's available at TonyEvans.org along with study guides, leader's guides, and everything you need to promote God's view of manhood in your home or church. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time as we spend two minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert here. So glad that you're listening. We truly appreciate it. And we are in Acts chapter 3, and we invite you to follow along. And then a couple of minutes from now, we're going to get to the telephone. So the number, 888-589-8840. We'd love to hear your Bible question, and we would just love to hear from you, each and every one of you. But um, Bert, you know, one of the things, if you go to Israel, you'll see what's called Solomon's Porch, you know? Right. Um, and this is interesting. Uh, Jesus, in John chapter 10, uh, goes to Solomon's Porch, and now Peter is going to go there and preach. And it's um, at least what was shown to me as Solomon's Porch or Solomon's Colonnade. Josephus calls it this... Um, porch outside the temple overlooking a deep valley supported by walls of 400 cubits. And um, it is that way. I mean, you're looking down into the Kidron Valley, and it's seemed, when I was there, seemed pretty high up. But Peter um, goes out onto the porch, verse 11, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed, and Peter saw it. He responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate. Wow. I'm going to tell you, now Acts 3.13, he's, he's preaching here, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He, he, lets, he lays it all out. But yeah. I know when you are going to teach Acts at the Cove, and one of the things that you're going to do, and this ought to get people uh, signed up if they don't want to go, uh, hadn't been planning on going, need to plan to go and hear Alex at the Cove. You'll be blessed. That's in June, right, Alex? Uh, well, thank you, Bert. Yeah, June 25 through 27. It is almost sold out, but if you hurry, you might get a seat. And the website is thecove.org, and we're going to go through it. So thank you for mentioning that. But Yeah, let, uh, me, let me finish this, and then I'll throw it back to you. What, what you do here, notice what he does, and this is in connection with what I think you'll be teaching there. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant, Jesus. Now, how come he didn't do that in Athens when he gets to Athens, Alex? 
I mean, when he introduces his sermon, uh, he doesn't mention well, Abraham. Be, he doesn't Athens mention Isaac. those Greeks. Yeah. Yeah. So and he knows his audience. He knows yeah. his audience, right? He really does. So, he really does. So that says something about us today. We need to know you do not change the message, but an introduction can grab people or it can distract them. On the introduction, and, and Paul would do this. This is Peter, but Paul would do that in his letters. You remember he called the yeah. cur- church at Corinth saints. Now, they yeah. were they were positionally, but practically they were <laughs> far yeah. from it, you know? But, I'm going to tell you something, yes. Yeah, but he didn't throw them off the first thing he said, did he? He really didn't. And, you know, in, in personal evangelism, sharing the gospel, it's good to find a point of commonality. You know, Bert, I've I've shared the gospel with people, and I've often said things like, you know, wouldn't it be good if there was something that could really fix this world? And, you know, most people will say, oh, yes, absolutely. Well, Peter, he's establishing common ground. And you're right, in Athens, uh, the Greek philosophers and the, the pagan Gentiles, they didn't have this common ground because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's God was not their God. But Peter is talking to Jews here at the temple in Solomon's porch. And verse 14 says, You denied the Holy One and the Just One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead, of which we were all witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know, yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So um, there's common ground, and Peter is not being shy here. I mean, he's preaching hard truth, but he's tying it to an undeniable act of God that they had all seen, this man being healed. Now, I'm thinking about this circumstance and Peter's tying of the gospel into it. It's pretty compelling, isn't it? It is, and and the evidence has gone before, and he refers back to the man who was healed. You remit, you know, uh, yes. and that man that was healed, I could not help but notice what he did. Uh, verse uh, eight. I, I'm not going back there to study, but I'm going back that way to. They would have to notice it. He stood up, leaping, and walked and entered the temple with them. Now, he was making a bold statement. They knew this man. And now, Peter, uh, he notices how big the crowd is, and he doesn't miss the opportunity. But again, as you said, he identifies with the people. He connects it with the gospel, but he also connects it with that miracle that had been just uh, happened, Alex. As he puts that all in, and he ponders, and he talks about the prophets, and he talks about those people that should have known the truth, but they did it in ignorance in verse 17. They should have seen it. Now, they're watching these signs and wonders. You remember what happened in chapter 2, verse 43? It says they did many wonders and signs. And so many of these were coming, and they could not deny them. And so here it is, as, as Peter brings this message, it's in his name. He makes much of Jesus, the Holy One, the Prince of Life, and yeah, raising yeah. him up. Uh, in verse 16, his name. Uh, again, I, I I just noticed good preaching. Notice what he does. He makes much of Jesus. Uh, I've I've gone to pulpits where I was supplying before, and uh, the pastor or someone would need a, leave a note, and they'd say make much of Jesus, or sometimes they'd quote that verse, 
sirs, yes. we would see Jesus. And, and that's the whole idea. No matter what else you do, make much of Jesus. And that the first sermon that is preached that we have recorded after Pentecost, the theme is Jesus Christ, Alex. Amen. Amen. I mean, preach Jesus. And in your ministry and in your evangelism, keep Jesus as well up front. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I swallowed wrong. Um, one of the things also that was a little bit of a scandal because we get to chapter 4, and Peter and John are going to get arrested. But here's this man that was lame, and he had been a beggar. And at the very least, he would have been seen as a little bit of an undesirable, this beggar at the gate. And also, having had that infirmity, maybe he was viewed by many as unclean, or maybe he was suffering for some unconfessed sin. And you read here that he gets up overjoyed, and he runs with them into the temple, verse 11. And so that in itself, you know, and remember the Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons. Sadly, human beings often are. And I've got to believe that this formerly lame man, he was not a upscale high society type, was he? He was and, not. Alex well said in that area. And, the, you know, they looked down upon them. And But here's what, what Peter and John are doing, and they learned it from Jesus. The Holy Spirit got in them now. Jesus would stop and see that beggar at the pool of Bethesda and said, is anybody going to? He said, I have no way of getting into the pool. How can I be healed? Jesus noticed these that are, quote, undesirable. He would touch the leper. He would. Yeah. He talked to the woman caught in the very act of adultery. This is the Jesus, and here we see Peter and John staunch Jews. I mean, Peter especially comes across that way, Alex. I mean, you know, and and yet that has, the Holy Spirit, the teaching of Jesus, being with Jesus has penetrated his heart to change his attitude. Lord, may our attitudes be like that of Christ. May we develop that kind of spirit. And, and so Alex, yes, and he preaches, and verse 18 says, but those things which God foretold, by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Now, I found that interesting. I've got that one highlighted and underlined in my Bible. Uh, what had happened to a lot of the Jewish teachers, they had overrun those suffering servant messages. They wanted a yeah. conquering servant. And here, here Peter brings the Old Testament, especially the suffering of Messiah in. Uh, he brings it home, doesn't he? Well, he really does. And and look at this, quoting the Old Testament, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And uh, this is a reference to Jesus. This is an Old Testament reference to Jesus. And all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. Isn't that something that um, Acts 3 24, all the prophets, it kind of reminds me of uh, John 5, 39, where the Lord said, search the scriptures for they testify of me. You know, Jesus is the theme of the Bible. And so um, he speaks about the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus fulfilled what the prophets had said. God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. You know, Isaiah talks about us being saved from our iniquities or sin. But 
the healing and preaching service is going to uh, turn here in just a minute. Hey, As they've we, had enough. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you, the revival is just about over, I'm sorry yeah, to say, because yeah. chapter 4, Peter and John get in trouble with the law. He does. Now, listen to how it starts out. He uses the word now. Always notice those transitional words. Just notice it, and it's here. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. You got to connect that with the Sadducees here. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Alex, I love the words now and however. Now, this mm. is what they did. However, God kept on working, even though they did what they did. It's beautiful what God does, isn't it? Well, it, re it really is. It really is. And look, the obstructions of fallen men are not going to hinder, ultimately, the work of God. And so Peter and, and John get accused. I love in verse 7 of Acts 4, when they had set them in the midst, they ask, and this is Annas and Caiaphas. All right, just weeks ago they had participated in the accusations and condemnation of Jesus. Now, Jesus' followers, uh, by the way, we, if we are a follower of Christ, the Bible talks about knowing him and the power of his resurrection and sharing in the fellowship of his sufferings. I wonder if Peter and John, appearing before Annas and Caiaphas, I wonder if they think, oh my goodness, you know, roughly seven or eight weeks ago, we watched Jesus stand yeah. right here. That's Alex. I, I, you couldn't help but say that and notice that. Now, what had happened during these periods of time, yes, they would go and see Jesus, but especially immediately the first week and the second week, they were hiding out behind closed doors. But now they go to the very center of, of this people who had crucified Christ and preached Jesus' resurrection to the Sadducees because they didn't believe in the resurrection. They heard that, and they said, this is false. There's no such thing. It, they denied the proof of it. You know, they wouldn't even, yeah. they had proof of it. They still denied it. And, and again, notice what verse 7, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what authority or power yes. and by what name have you done this? Now, they, they already knew the answer. They did, but they wanted to hear it so they could, do what? Try to put them, put them fear in them and keep them quiet. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you. Okay, no ambiguity here. <laughs> you remember when John Hancock signed the Declaration of Independence? He signed it very beautifully, very, you know, large letters, he said, the king of England won't have any trouble seeing my name on this. Peter is not beating around the bush here, and neither should we. He says, let it be known and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God has raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. And, uh, I mean, that's powerful enough up through verse 10. But then he quotes 
uh, I believe it's Psalm 118, isn't it? It is. The Psalm 118, one of the great, I mean, it's a, all of them are messianic great. Messianic psalm, is isn't it? powerful, yes. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other. Hallelujah. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Amen, Peter. Amen. 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 I mean, if this doesn't uh, put iron in your blood to know that we, in a difficult day, uh, evil day, yes, not as evil as it is in some of the countries where our brothers and sisters are suffering beyond anything we could even think of for being believers, but here they are. They don't know what they're going to do. They killed Jesus, so what are they going to do to you know, to Peter and John, he does not shy away. He does not back down, and he still makes Jesus known that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God is raising from the dead. Now, Alex, the resurrection is what they had trouble with over in verse 2, and they preached Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. That just got their blood boiling in here when they've caught up he brings it up again <laughs> yeah he does he does well and regarding the resurrection do you remember back in acts 1 verse 3 it says jesus after his passion or after his suffering was shown alive by quote many infallible proofs well namely the resurrection that he rose from the dead and so peter makes this great declaration and we've used this in evangelism for two millennia now, there's no other name, only th through the name of Jesus. Friends, do you have that name written on your heart? Do you know him? You can today. There is no other way. There's no plan B. It's only in and through Jesus. We're going to take your phone calls the next segment, 888-589-8840. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. AFA Repairing the American Family Radio. Announcing AFA.net slash connect. One news now. It's the one click that will link you to so many AFA platforms. Pick and choose which updates you want to receive. Easily subscribe or unsubscribe. American Family Studio. And to quote our privacy policy, American Family Association will not sell, rent, or lease your personal information to outside organizations. AFA Journal. Make a better connection with AFA at AFA.net slash connect. Target is in the bullseye because of its transgender bathroom policy. A petition by the American Family Association to boycott Target now surpassing a million signatures and counting. People have their own beliefs and stuff, but what can it hurt? What can it hurt? What can it hurt? Can it, hurt? it hurts our daughters. It hurts you. It hurts our families. It hurts me. It hurts, me. It it hurts, hurts all of us. us. Sign the petition to boycott Target at AFA.net. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Planned Parenthood CEO Alexis McGill-Johnson denounced her organization's founder, Margaret Sanger, as a racist eugenicist in an op-ed for the New York Times. Johnson said nothing, however, about ending Sanger's racial abortion focus implanted in the DNA of this murderous organization. Furthermore, Johnson took cover by embracing the full breadth and scope of transgender ideology, even setting the organization against trans-exclusionary radical feminists, regressive feminists who say men aren't women, yeah, regressive infighting. Did I mention Planned Parenthood has become America's largest dispenser of cross-sex hormones to minors? 
abusing children for profit. Same game, different court. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. John the Baptist said in Luke chapter 3, verse 4, Prepare the way of the Lord. About 10 minutes before the end of the day, workers in a machine shop stopped work and went to change out of their dirty clothes. One day, everyone looked ready to go except for George. Someone said, Hey, George, you're not ready. George smiled. He said, Yes, I am. The whistle blew. George unzipped his dirty coveralls, and underneath he had on clean clothes. George said this, I stay ready so I don't have to get ready. Have you prepared the way of the Lord in your life? You get ready by trusting Jesus as your Savior. Then as a believer, you can stay ready by living each day for Him. So be ready. Jesus could come today. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the day of his return. Philippians 1.6. American Family Radio. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. And we're going to take phone calls and we're going to get to as many as we can in this time that we have left. So we're going to go to immediately. And we're going to go to Arkansas and talk to Mark. Mark, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi, Bert. Yes, Hi, good Alex. to have you, brother. Hello. Thank you for calling, for calling back. I think you called yesterday, didn't you, and didn't get through? No, no, different Mark. Different Mark. Okay, calling. okay. Go ahead, Mark. All right. I'm uh, thankful. I, I pray that I would get in today. And I'm amazed that I'm I'm the first caller. I'm the first time caller. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hey, we uh, love those first time callers. We and the and the second and third ones as well. But those first time, it's special. The first time. It is. I'm excited to be on with you guys. I listen to you guys about every day, and uh, so appreciate well, you all you. And, and your uh, your role in uh, the kingdom of God. Um, two things. Uh, well, the first was just a comment. The second was just asking for prayer. Um, Alex, earlier today, you were on, uh, ex- what is it called? The uh, Times, today's Issues, the I news. believe. Today's Issues, thank you. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, and you had mentioned that a student was disputing uh, the uh, resting place of Noah's Ark. And just this week, I watched this video, and... It was just really intriguing, really amazing. And uh, my comment was that from uh, Genesis 8-4, the ark rested on Ararat. It mm-hmm. says it rested in the mountains 
of Ararat, which is plural, which would uh, lead us to believe it's in that region. And uh, I just watched this amazing video. There was a biblical explorer. He gave up all his his money to start exploring uh, archaeological timepieces from the Bible. And uh, and he believes he found the ark. His name was Ron Wyatt. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that area of Ariat, he says in ancient times, would have referred to Uratu, which was a region. And anyway, there's an interesting, for the listeners, um, there's a, a video. If you look arcdiscovery.com, you'll find his information. Yeah, Mark, there is. There's a lot of information about there, and I found that as well. Man, and Alex, I appreciate that you being on today's issues. Yes, and Mark, and thank you for listening. Hey, Mark, you said you had a question. You got that ready for us? Uh, no, sir. Just oh, okay. for prayer, I I've been having some trouble with my ears, and uh, just in the last couple of days, they've been really bugging me. They're real plugged up, mm-hmm. and uh, okay, everything's just muffled, and I did an ear treatment here, and uh, yeah, it's just suffering. Well, we're going to pray for you. Yes. And what we ask them to do, uh, by the way, we want to give that phone number. We got lines that are open right now, 888-589-8840. We can get to your call if you'll call real quickly and uh, we'll get you on we we want to pray for you and ask god just to help and we got a lot of other people alex people has come in by at word at afr.net they come in other ways asking us to pray for them and uh we we do that and sometimes we pray on the on the radio but usually we're praying for everyone so let me would you mind me praying for mark right now alex i'll do it lead us father i thank you for mark i thank you that he got through today Uh, i believe that was of you I thank mm-hmm. you for him being in tune with what's going on and, and the archaeology. The What's going on in archaeology and the finds has just proven the Bible to be true. Mm-hmm. It hadn't discounted it. And they people talk about science. The science of archaeology has proven it again and again and again. And we thank you for that. But for Mark's hearing, we're praying, God, that you'd do a good work there. We prayed for that muffled sound to to go away, touch it. Mm. We know you can, but we're going to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Father. If not, you're able. We know that, but if you choose not to for some reason, Father, we're still going to praise you, and uh, that's not a lack of faith. That's not not saying a word of, of, of faith. We're just know you because you've got uh, reasons that you'd let things happen, the suffering that is permitted, the blessings that are coming, and, Father, we just trust you, and I pray that Mark would. We certainly do yeah. trust you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Thank you, Mark. You ready what for another call. caller? Yeah, let's yes. go Let's go to Kansas and talk to Noah. Trust you, Father, in Jesus' name. Okay, Amen. Noah, turn off your radio real quick. And ready for another caller? Yeah. Noah, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Noah. We, we couldn't get him. Let's go to Louisiana and talk to Joey. Noah, don't hang up. If you're listening, we'll get back to you. Joey, welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Bert and, Bert, uh, and uh, Brother Alex. Uh, I'm just mm-hmm. calling to say how much I'm enjoying my filament Bible, and it's the greatest resource. Uh, it, it's it, it, being being tied into the, uh, you know, the Internet for study. There's three different ways to study, and the wording yeah. is, is so great and easy to read. 
my my wife didn't want me to get it. Not that she's not close to God, because I already have three or four Bibles, (laughs) (laughs) including Expositor's Bible. But uh, it's just the best Bible. I'm just so impressed with it. I just love it. It's the greatest thing, and I recommend it to anybody listening. No matter how no matter how many uh, different versions you've read, this is great. Amen, Joey. It God is. Bless you. Yeah. I, I don't know, Devin. Do you remember how many we gave away? Dozens, anyway. Uh, Devin would uh, get the addresses and he'd address it and take it over there to the mail room, and we'd mail them out. We kept Devin busy, extraly busy. And Joey, we're thankful that you got one. Amen. Yeah. I, Alex, I just love to hear people getting into too. the Word, and it just blesses me. Hey, several months ago, we were promoting the Filament Bible, a good study resource, and. Thanks for sharing that, sir. Yeah. Hey, 888-589-8840. Uh, let us hear from you. Where, oh, where do we go next? We go to Arkansas and talk to Brenda. Brenda, welcome. Hey, um, appreciate you both. But I have my question is about my prodigal. Um, he's like 29 years old, and he has had a lot of disappointments and hurts in his life. So he's really angry at God and... I had a talk with him the other day, and he is, um, he's like, if he's thinking God is arrogant, and who would want to serve someone who would send you to hell unless they worship you? And um, just not sure what to do with that and how to, where to go from there with that. I, I try to, you know, tell him about Jesus on the cross and. But I'm just going to hang up and listen because I am working. So Okay, Brenda, thank well, you. Let me hmm. just say a word, and, and again, it's it's not that he sends people. It's amazing that all of us don't go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's the amazing <clears throat> part. All of us, but let me say this, disappointment. I was talking to a fellow employee here at AFR who works in another part of the ministry of AFA that has several different uh, divisions, and we were talking about why people leave church and the, and I told him as pastoring, pastoring for 40 years, the biggest reason people leave church, leave God is disappointment. Uh, sometimes if we're not careful, preachers will, will give a bill of goods. that's not true where people join thinking, if I trust Jesus, everything's going to be great. It's going to be roses. Yeah. And no, it, Jesus said in this world, his followers are going to have difficulty so the disappointment factor is real. But, Alex, what would you suggest Brenda to do for her 29-year-old son? Well, uh, God bless you. For one thing, don't give up because um, I do believe Proverbs 22.6 about training up a child in the way they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And even though there might be a, a while of spiritual wilderness and dry spell, uh, I've got hundreds of testimonies of prodigals that do come back. But let me say this, and this is something that I hear a lot of millennials say, Bert. They'll say, well, God must be, you know, God must have a really big ego in telling the whole wide world to worship him. Folks, listen to this. One of the most loving things God can do is to call people close to himself to know him and worship him. Because, look, God is the foundation of life. The closer you are to the Lord, the more alive you'll ever be. The farther you are from God, the less alive. The wages of sin is death. Now, God cannot sin because part of his eternality is that in him is no iniquity at all. 
So whatever God does, it must be righteous, even if we don't understand it fully. But here's my point. Even in calling us to know him and worship him, God is showing us love. Because the most alive you'll ever be is the closer you are to the source of all life, the eternal God. Amen. Let me just tell you, is a is a, a I would say a husband or wife arrogant to say, I'm your spouse, you have no others? No. Mm, it is for good our point. good and it is for our good that we worship God in that relationship. Uh, it is for our benefit. And Brenda, we're gonna take time. I know people are calling, but I just we gotta pray for that twenty nine year old son and other prodigals. Mm. Alex, would you pray for him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit. And even right now, I'm asking for the Holy Spirit of God to call out to this young man's heart. Make him hunger for the true Savior. Make him hunger to have his relationship with you restored. And Lord, I just want to say this. Among the millennials, 100 million strong, please help them to humble themselves enough to trust the Bible. Many are, frankly, not humble. And uh, the Bible says, you know, who are we to reply against God? And so I pray people would uh, desire the Lord, especially this young man, and for every parent of all the prodigals, Lord, help them to be strong, have faith, and keep their eyes on you as we pray the prodigals home. And we thank you for doing this, and we ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Alex. Brenda, we're praying, and I pray all America that's listening would continue to pray the next 24 hours for this this son. Let's go to Illinois and talk to Marilyn. Marilyn, welcome. Yeah, I've kind of got a situation. It's uh, my future daughter-in-law just got baptized this past weekend by a, and got baptized, and the minister doing it was a lesbian lady. A friend of their family, and this is also, he also they also got engaged that same day, my son and her, and that's who they're going to want to do their wedding. And I mean, I know what the Bible says about all that, and I just, I, I don't know what else to do except for pray for them. I just wanted to get your comments on Okay. Uh, wow. This world uh, is just stuff that we have to handle today that we used to not, at least we didn't know about it. They didn't come out. Uh, Marilyn? Uh, I I don't know exactly. It's the person performing the ceremony. Alex, uh, I've, I've said I would not go, no matter what the relationship was. That's me. Everybody's got to decide on their own concerning uh, a marriage. But what about the individual, you know, conducting the ceremony? Well, you know, uh, Michael Brown, uh, and most people listening probably know Dr. Brown. He's a brilliant scholar and a very wonderful defender of the faith. Dr. Brown has an article online this week asking the question, are we in the time of apostasy or falling away? Because, you know, the Bible talks about a time of falling away when people will be um, deceived by doctrines of demons and things like that. And I've got to say that... um, for some people, some people have just overt rebellion against God's Word, and other people are just ignorant of God's Word. But um, a, a lesbian minister, quote-unquote, um, has no business uh, performing a wedding ceremony 
or performing anything related to the New Testament church, because um, homosexuality is about as defiant to the Word of God as you could possibly be. Uh, I mean, it really is, Bert. It is. Um, it is. I, I, she's asking, I think, do they go? Do they stay? Uh, again, everybody's got to answer that for themselves. Yeah, Alex, you're going to have to pray for that. Yeah, you got to, and you pray through it. But I would, I would take this opportunity to let the Word of God speak in love, Marilyn. I would do that. I would not sit passively by, and and I'm not saying throw a fit, and I would not say threat. You know, I'm not going to do it. You know, uh, but it would be a time and opportunity to share. This is what the Word of God says about homosexuality, the act of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Alex, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, pray it through. Um, I, I've said this, and I'll say it again. I think it is most unfair when kids who are clearly in defiance to the Lord basically draw a line in the sand and say to the family, essentially, either you side with me or God, and if you side with Scripture and Christianity, that means you don't love me. Yeah. I mean, that that's just not valid at all. To It's essentially saying... I'm going to define love in that if you truly love me, you must betray the Bible. Yeah, Marilyn. And, yeah, we got a lot of prayer. Hard. We we pray pray for Marilyn. We need to pray for yeah. Brenda. Need to pray for Marilyn. Praying for Mark today was a prayer day, and uh, yes. so hey, Alex, tomorrow is yeah, it's Fire Away Friday. It is Fire Away Friday, folks. We surely do appreciate you listening, and you know we go through some hard, tough things, but the Word of God is that solid rock of truth on which we stand. Yeah. Lisa, Nick, James, I'm sorry we didn't get to your calls today. We would have loved to talk with you. Uh, We spent a good bit of time of praying, so I'm not going to apologize for that, but uh, we do appreciate you praying. And tomorrow, Fire Away Friday, Alex, we're excited. We're going to try to answer as many questions as we can. And then on Monday, we'll get back into the book of Acts. But until then... We ask you to tell people about AFR, tell people about Exploring the Word and the other programming, but more importantly, tell them about Jesus. Amen. Amen.